Alright, last one was easy, but this going off the chimney, over the fence, hit the car window, all net. Yeah, right, sure. What's up, guys? Welcome back to New Easy Buckets. Uh, it's your host, Jacob. I'm joined again by Blake, of course, and we are... We, uh, we got on a phone call here. We're both uh, at the office or Blake, you know, we'll, actually let's do a little where in the world is Blake Thorne today. <laughs> where in the world is Blake Thorne? Blake Thorne is in Sao Paulo, Brazil this week. My, uh, my, yeah. My office is always on the go. So I guess I really have no home office. Yeah. You basically are just like on your phone. Like that's your, the only position. It's weird. Like you're you're always like picking up and leaving. You're in a different place like every week. Um, yeah, that's oh, awesome yeah. though. You're you're getting to see the world. So we decided to. Uh, time zones are a little different, but we're. Um, I got a conference room at the office, and we are recording. Uh, I guess this is a Tuesday, kind of midday West Coast time. Um, but yeah, so we wanted to chat a little bit about what happened on Saturday morning, right before all the college football games, which is a great time to break an NBA trade. If you didn't want uh, <laughs> yeah. much media attention, um, and it was uh, Jimmy Butler being traded to the uh, to the uh, Philadelphia 76ers for um, it was Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton going to the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves sent uh, no going to the Sixers. The Timberwolves sent uh, received Robert Covington, Dario Sarge, a throw in Jared Bayless, and a 22 20- 22 second round pick from the Sixers. So uh, Philadelphia got Butler, gave up some wing uh, wing depth. And uh, what's your initial reaction when you saw it? I got I know I got the Woj bomb as I was getting out of bed <laughs> Saturday morning. So it was a nice Dude, little interesting thing to wake up to. The the most interesting interesting part about this, and and, and for the, those of you listening on the podcast, I I left Memphis Saturday around 3 p.m headed to Atlanta on a Delta flight. This news broke on Saturday, and I know that we talked about it amongst our group message and was like, well, like, what's your thoughts? Let me, let me think. Let me, let me figure out what you think. I get to the airport in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, the Sixers are getting ready to play the Memphis Grizzlies that night. You know, I'm, I'm not thinking I'm going to miss the game. I'm already pissed. But as soon as I walk up to the gate, I see this huge human being six foot ten like really lanky you know at an airport extremely out of place he turns around it's Dario Saric (laughs) at my at my gate on my plane from Memphis to Atlanta so I uh he actually set one row behind me so he was yeah I don't know what what uh he actually speaks like what language he speaks uh all I know is that he was yelling all I know is that he was yelling very loud, not only in the gate area and on the plane. So I don't know if that was like a good reaction from Dario or a bad reaction, maybe caught off guard, but maybe it's because so my, he had to fly coach out of Memphis. He did fly coach. I can confirm. I think they might've bumped him up the first class at the very tail end. Oh, okay. Regardless. Yeah. Regardless, he uh, he was on a uh, he was on my flight from Memphis to Atlanta, so that's my interesting that's super, fact of the day. That's super interesting though, because like that was it's kind of convenient they were playing Memphis, and then you know uh, two guys that the Sixers kind of well the Sixers drafted Sarge, he waits two years overseas, comes over, and then Covington was kind of like a 
rookie free agent scrap heap find that ended up turning into a legit three and D player who, you know, I think he's signed like a four year, 40 million or three year, 30 million contract this offseason. Let me double check that, but he's getting around, he signed a contract for basically like 10 million. So maybe he was able to get a private jet out of Memphis. <laughs> so <laughs> was stuck on the rookie contract paying for a coach ticket, but I'm sure that Timberwolves took care of him, but super, I mean, that sucks for them though. Like, I mean, those two guys were really a part of the process in Philly and, um, yes. you know, the, the couple of the tough seasons, uh, Covington more so than Sarge even. And now they are <laughs> shipped off to maybe the like least favorite head coach in the league. Like no, nobody really yeah. likes Tibbs. <laughs> I don't think anybody liked Tibbs. I think that maybe the only person that likes Tibbs is Derrick Rose. Yeah. Like maybe the only one. He's giving him a contract, which right. he deserved. He, now we know he's he's back of some sort, so he did deserve that contract, but Tibbs was the one giving him a shot. No, yeah. But, I mean, there was a lot of people that were saying Derrick Rose was – he should have been out of the league and this and that, but that's a whole other podcast. But so my my initial reaction for this trade was, damn – finally let's go now we don't have to talk about this anymore really like it, it kept got it was brought up every day is jimmy gonna sit out is this a nationally televised game oh he's playing like you know it's just my from my initial reaction it was like okay fine let's just play some basketball and let's get it over with what do you what do you think do you how do you think Sarek and and covington fit with the the timberwolves man how do you think that's gonna work out well, I was uh, similar to you when this was announced. It was like, oh, wow, I didn't think – it's like even though I knew it was inevitable, I didn't think it was, like, about to happen. It still kind of caught me off guard. And But it is like a relief almost. Like, all right, we know where Butler's going to be. We can kind of peg the team. You know, we can kind of see how the Timberwolves feel after leaving them and then, you know, evaluate the Sixers, you know, moving forward. Um, I mean – after giving it some thought over the weekend and, and, and listening to some people talk about it and looking at the details, I think from what Minnesota wanted, they got actually a pretty good deal. Um, now, there was rumors of first-round picks being offered. There was also an article written where they turned evidently turned down a trade from Houston that they offered Eric Gordon and some picks, which, you know, Eric Gordon probably didn't want to play there either, so you may have gotten a lame duck player in that. There was uh, some rumors, uh, some reports of the Heat offering different, you know, Justice Winslow and Drogic and a pick or Josh Richardson and a pick, and they took Josh Richardson away. Um, they wanted some, you know, talent, you know, whether that be young, middle of their career talent to compete with now. I mean, they have talents, they have Wiggins. They don't necessarily want to just get picks three or four years into the future. Um, even if, even besides the even Tibbs aside, that's still kind of what you want with this roster. If you don't want to blow everything up, so Covington and Sarge both, I actually like the way they fit. If Tibbs uses them right with uh, with uh, the current Timberwolves roster, and I think you become like a very good defensive team. Uh, you have legitimate size that can also guard and stretch the floor. Um, and you can kind of focus on Carl Anthony Towns and let him, you know, put up 30 and 10 or 25 and 15, which he's capable of doing. He put up 20 and 20 last night. So um, yeah. I really, I really, but we also had 10 turnovers. So <laughs> hey, I mean, let it happen. Let the big man work. If he turns it over, he turns it over. But 
Uh, well, no, so I, mean, I, I do like, I like I, Covington. I like, I'm a big Covington guy. I think he fits in the right situation. And uh, I think this is a good spot for him. I mean, you can, I mean, I think there's one clear winner in Philly, but I think you can make yeah. the argument that, well, the Timberwolves definitely got better. I think that Dario has now the ability to like, you know, come in and have plays kind of run for him. Uh, he can start to create more, get the ball in his hand a little bit more. I mean, ultimately Wiggins and, and Towns are the, the guys on that team that are going to, you know, they're the stars clear cut now. Like there's no, you know, whose team is this? It's Cat followed by Wiggins type thing. But I think that if you put Dario in there and he plays to kind of his potential and you throw in Covington with um, his, you know, elite level perimeter defense and his three ball, like I think that definitely works for the Timberwolves. But to say all that, I do think that Philly – got better. I think they, I think Philly was the clear cut winner. I think now I, I was reading a stat somewhere where it was saying um, they now have three of the top 20 NBA players on the Sixers now. So that's, that's actually really crazy if you think about it. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think that Simmons and the, the, the interesting part about this and what Cat and Wiggins couldn't do, or it was perceived as they were kind of soft and kind of, you know, complacent. I think, I think that Simmons or not say, I think, I think it's, you know, remains to be seen how we, we, uh, Simmons and Embiid embrace Jimmy Butler. Do, you know, do they embrace his kind of volatile personality? Like I'm just going to win at any calls type thing. What do you think? I mean, just off of like the, what I know about their personalities, like, you know, from afar, I do feel like it will mesh better than it did with Cat and Wiggins. Now, that doesn't mean it'll work better. I mean, I think Cat and Embiid are similar as far as their trajectory. Like, they, they have, they're both extremely talented and can both be top five players in the league. Now, Simmons is better, a lot better than Wiggins, but he, you know, he's, he's limited in his own way, but I think he fits well. I think winning will cure all. And I think, you know, the, I think seeing someone like Embiid who is not a, is not going to let Butler, I guess, verbally push him around, it's more like now, hey, look, this is my team. This is mine and Ben's team. You're coming in to be, you know, the superstar that we need, but you're not going to call your shots and tell us what to do. We, we are stars. We're all-star level players. We're all NBA level players. You know, you have to respect us. And I think Jimmy will honestly respond well to that. I think he just wanted to – I think he just wanted to change his scenery. And he, the way he went about it, while I don't agree with it, you know, he got what he wanted. So the, pro, the, pros of, uh, the pros and cons of this include, like, like Jimmy, Jimmy can immediately come in and be that defensive player that they were seem to be missing. Like, Fultz is not that guy. Like, Covington is, is, is really, really good at the perimeter defense, and I think that Jimmy can soften that blow and kind of fill that void. But I think the biggest, the biggest uh, kind of – what's the word I'm looking for? The biggest uh, downside piece or? of this, in my opinion – no, no, yeah. the biggest upside, I guess you, yeah, you were saying. Oh, is, okay. The biggest upside is that he can, that, that he can come in immediately – and late in games, he can be that shot creator. He can get to the foul line. He, like, he can be that guy. Like, it kind of takes a little yeah. bit of the pressure off of Simmons. I know because I, I know that not that Simmons doesn't like to do that, but well, I know that. He can't. He's, he, 
late in games, he's limited to just putting his shoulder into somebody and driving, and he can't like right. people know how to defend that in a in a vac like in a short situation in a clutch situation, they can run out a specific defense to kind of neutralize that. And with him not having a jump shot, I mean, they needed somebody like Butler. Like they, they needed him, yeah. Now it, I, I like to relate it similar. It's in some ways similar to what Houston did with Chris Paul before last year when they traded for Chris Paul so that they could keep him under contract. Um, but they ended up sending all of these little like role players and mediocre rookies and sophomores to the Clippers um, to kind of as contract filler. So it depleted their bench. Now they signed Trevor Ariza, traded for PJ Tucker. They signed some guys here and there, Gerald Green, people like that. They filled it out. Now I think that's what, looking forward, the one thing, the one downside to this for Philly is that it depletes your bench and, and, and rids you of all your depth, which can be addressed in today's NBA with buyouts and yeah. small trades. Like Philly still has assets. Like they still have Marco Fultz. And I know I wanted to ask you about that. They still have Marco Fultz. They still have Zaire Smith, who hasn't played. He's a rookie they drafted this year. They still have their own pick plus other picks in the future, uh, like a Miami pick. They have some contracts, too, that they can move. Um, so they could try to go get a Trevor Ariza even from Phoenix or maybe a another wing player that can shoot or somebody uh, or a, a backup ball handler or something like that. They, they have a lot of moves that are available to them. I but, think, uh, but yeah, I wanted to I ask think you about that, Fultz, like how this played out for Fultz on their roster. So, so I, I, I ultimately think that if there was one clear-cut loser, we had a clear-cut winner. The clear-cut loser here is, is Markel Fultz. Like, I don't, I don't mean mm-hmm. – at, at what point do the Philadelphia 76ers – I mean, have they given up on him? I think this trade means that they've, they've kind of given up on him because if you think about it, if he continues to start alongside Jimmy Butler, Simmons, you know, whether it's Redick or like what have you, like if he continues to start, he's not going to have the ball in his hands. But like, you know, very, it's very limited and he doesn't have a shot. So that's an ultimate, yeah, it's an ultimate like scenario where like Philly has to trade him. Like they have to ultimately, like I, I read somewhere that, the optics wouldn't be great for this, but like, what if Philly sent him to the G League to work on getting him minutes, getting him built back up, getting that shot right, as like, and then kind of preparing him to be a trade asset for the future? I know that would never happen because there would oh, be I, like the optics for it would, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be there. Like, it's your number one pick. Like, you, you know, you can't, you can't do that, right? I mean, you could, but I think you're right. I think they won't. Um, but I think if they sent him down, it would all it would just cement the or what I what would be the right word. It would sink his the little confidence that he has left, if any. And not saying It'll it was the right it. decision, but I'm saying a player like him, who you know he knows he has issues, but he would deny them more so than like what the media would describe them. So he doesn't think he's at the level that everybody sees him at. And I think your best bet is I also heard somebody say um, they were like, at least they didn't have to give up Fultz in this trade. And I was like, what? <laughs> I would have rather had Covington than Fultz in, you know, out yes. of this deal. Now, I don't think Minnesota would have wanted that, but I think your best bet is to try to salvage what trade value he has left. 
maybe Phoenix wants to take a shot at him as the point guard of the future. If he can get out there and work with some trainers and, and, and figure out a shot, maybe, you know, for somebody like Trevor Ariza, that's your, that's your, who you're, who you'd be getting, or, you know, maybe you try to send him to like a, you know, I don't even know, like a team like LA or the Clippers or the Lakers or somebody who's willing to take a shot at somebody who has some cap space and would give you like a, a role player in response or a team that doesn't have playoff aspirations. But let me, just, let me ask, yeah, let me ask you this. What do you think, what do you think the, his actual trade value today, like right now, like I know you mentioned Trevor Ariza, but there's no way Phoenix does that. Well, I think if you would have to give it, you'd have to put picks with him or another player with him. Like you wouldn't be able to go straight up. No. But I, I do think that I think Phoenix would consider it because Trevor Ariza signed a one-year contract there, and they wanted to try to make the playoffs this year. They're they're garbage. They're not good. They're horrible. So they're not. No. Gonna, they're going to be another top five team. Like they're going to have another top five to top ten pick. So Ariza, all he's doing is taking minutes away from Mikael Bridges and whomever else they have on their bench. So yeah. do you, do you want to salvage anything? I mean, I think Fultz, I think Fultz would be greater. Fultz for the next few years on a try and buy basically is better than a, uh, than Ariza for the rest of this season in a lottery pick and then him leave and go sign with the Lakers in the off season or somebody like, cause that's what Ariza's going to do. He's going to try to get one year deals for the rest of his career until he can't play anymore. But I think I would try to get, I would, what I would do if I was, if I was, uh, honestly, if I was Phoenix right now, cause I think Phoenix should be the, somebody like Phoenix should be the aggressor in this. They should go offer Ariza for, I want faults and I want that Miami first round pick. And if they say no work from there, but I would go high and, and, and I would try to get him because the thing is, if you can work with him, if you can give him reps, if you can let, you know, Booker and some other people talk to him, like maybe he does hit. Maybe he does become worth uh, worth what you gave up. And if not, I mean, you don't have the attachment that Philly does, and you just let him go. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. It just – like everybody was saying that he fixed his shot, he fixed his shot, he fixed his shot. While the percentages are kind of the same, or it, like he might have like a one percentage better – like he went uh, one percentage point better average this year like his shot ultimately it's like he forgot to shoot he (laughs) forgot how to shoot did you see the uh did you see the the video of the free throw from last night where it looked like he pump faked on the free his mechanics were so crossed that he literally pump faked a free throw because his like arm wouldn't push the ball or so it was it was insane like my I, i sent a dm to my buddy walker and he was – I was like, my stomach literally cringed when I watched the video the first time. Like, I yeah. almost got sick. Like, oh, my – like, it's like when you see something on TV that makes you just want to turn your head. Like, that's how bad it looks. It was so bad. It's yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> it, I, it's like, I just think – like, well, I don't they, think Philly has showed... the time to let it, let it flesh out. I think they have to do something now. No, they have to do it now. Like, like right now. Like they can't wait at all. Like before Christmas, because before Christmas they have to make a move with him. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I think I think Fultz is the biggest loser. I think that ultimately this kind of begins the process of his time is done in Philly, and his time in Philly might be done sooner rather than later. So I think that he's very very bad. I think that. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about like. we can kind of get into like what Jimmy might do after the fact or whatever. And, and like outlook, 
But I think, like, the outlook, and, and if you want to talk about it in terms of the Eastern Conference, like, Philly's, like, sitting pretty right now at number three. And they didn't yeah. have their third star. Now they have their third star. So they're nine and six right now, sitting third in the East behind Toronto and Milwaukee. So I don't, I mean, I think the outlook for, for them is, you know, this either goes really, really great or it goes really, really bad. Like, is he going to, is Jimmy Weller going to be the type of guy that says, oh, it's my team, like, screw you guys and, kind of how it was in Chicago, kind of how it was in Minnesota when it kind of curbed the, the growth. It kind of like, you know, spurred some of the growth. Or does it, you know, the biggest question for me is, does he accept being the, you know, the Sixers' third best player? Like, is he, is he willing to and – when, and when I say that, uh, while he still might have um, better talent than Ben Simmons right now, like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid at their team. Like there's I would no, say I would no, venture to say that the way to word that is the third favorite play, like the third, like third, the third rung. Because I think with the fans, it goes Embiid, Simmons, and now Butler is going to be so they're going to have a little bit shorter of a fuse or shorter of a temper with him. But he'll yeah. still be like, but he better not cross those other two guys the wrong way. Yeah, or the fans. I like how you. Him. Yeah, yeah. I like I like how you said that. I like third favorite yeah. player or third, yeah the third rung of of yeah. of this team. You know, so it's either going to go really, really well, and they're playing for home court advantage when it comes time for the playoffs, or they, you know, still make the playoffs, kind of sputter out a little bit. They don't really know how to play together. Benson's and and Jimmy don't really figure out how to play off the ball because I, I think that's ultimately what they're going to have to do. Um, they're both going to have a, to give up some ball time, but um, I don't know, man. It's it's I think for at least for the Seventy Sixers, it's. It could be very good or very bad. What do you, what, I mean, what do you I mean, think, what, what yeah, do you think it goes with the Timberwolves, I, man? I don't know. I think it – well, just to comment on the Sixers, I do think it goes well. I think it, but it, it, it gives them – like the kind of the top four or five teams are what they are in the, in the East. And uh, I think it solidifies them as one of those teams that's going to be fighting for the two, three, four seed. Like they're going to be in the top four. And I think that the five, you know, like you said, three top 20 players, there's only one other team in the league to say that. And that's the Golden State Warriors. They're not, they're not as good as them, but they're different top 20 players. But Until next year. Yeah. Like, you know, with, with, <laughs> with, uh, with Golden State, it's like three of the top 10 maybe or three of the top 12 <laughs> instead of that. But um I think what's going to happen is Butler's going to immediately start working on an extension. Once he gets that extension, uh, or at least confirmation that it's going to be offered, he's going to start playing just like he was before, and everything's going to be green pastures. But for the Timberwolves, I actually really like their prospects, even for the playoffs this year. Um, right now, they've had a pretty rough start, and I'm pulling them up right now. They are yeah, second to the bottom. They're five and nine. But, I mean, you have teams yeah. like Houston, Houston, L.A., New Orleans, Utah. They're all like a game or two behind them because it's been kind of just a – it's a top-heavy West right now with kind of the middle, like, five through ten being all kind of together. You know, Memphis, shout-out to the Grizzlies there in there too. Um, so, I think what uh, this does to Minnesota – yeah, I think what this does to Minnesota is it gives them a, a night-in and night-out solid roster of guys that they can count on that are going to go out there and compete. And, and, and obviously, as we've seen, teams in the Western Conference can be knocked off on a night-to-night basis. Like, it can happen. Like, 
you know, uh, they, they can beat teams. Anybody can be beaten on a given night, basically. Phoenix and maybe Dallas are the only teams that really kind of seem like they're, they are who they are. So I think it gives them a chance to compete right now. But also, moving forward, if you kind of decide, okay, you've already given Carl Anthony Towns the extension. You've got this year plus five more years of him under contract. You've got Wiggins for four this year plus four more years. Now, you could try to move him or you just run with this core you have Robert Covington on under contract for this year and three more. You have Sark under contract for this year, next year, and then you'll have restricted free agency rights on him as well. So you have a potential to be – you have a potential to have all four of those players under contract for the next four years, which is crazy because they're all, you know, above average starters in the NBA with all-star potential from a few of them. And obviously all-star, you know, superstar potential with towns. So you've got four solid players. You've got uh, Josh Akogi who showed some things this year as a draft pick. You've got him under contract for four years. Um, you know, you, you, you could try to move the Gorgie Ding and Jeff T contract. You've got some movable contracts there. I think and you're also going to have more cap space at the end of the season. So, I think they're in a great place for the future because Tibbs will be gone after this year unless something happens and they just turn it on like the Jazz did last year and, and finish in the top four uh, after a rough start, then I, Tibbs is gone. So you'll have a new coach coming in. You, you'll probably try to do something like the Bucks did with uh, uh, Budenholzer and bring in somebody who's disgruntled in their current situation but is a legit NBA coach bring him into that situation with a lot of talent and a couple of superstars or a couple of superstar level players. And then you're good to go. Like you can just start planning from then on out. So I really like the future of the wolves after the Timberwolves after the trade. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not one of those scenarios where I think that most people, including myself are going to say, Hey, I think Philly won. Just yeah. Because and I would, I would agree. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like it's not like in no point in time are we saying that that Minnesota didn't get some solid players for the future. Philly won in terms where they can go and compete for a championship this year. Like that's that's what's on the line right now. So right, they were in different yeah, spots so, as a team. Minnesota yeah. won in what they wanted to do, but in the here and now, which is what we're measuring, you know, Philly won. Minnesota Philly won. Yeah. Will, when Minnesota is but, – but Minnesota got out of a toxic situation. Of, and, and also, we're going to lose that player at the end of the season. So you got, you, got two, you got three assets, two players and a pick, for a player that was, what, six months away from being off your team. So – Yes. Right. So they – Win-win. Decent consolation. But, I mean, I think both teams have – obviously, I think Minnesota has a shot at the playoffs. Philly – you know, definitely has a shot at, you know, maybe contending for a title. So it's, yeah. it's going to be, both teams are more fun after this trade, which is, which yeah. is good. Um, well, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler won. He, he's the ultimate winner here. He can now sign for five years, 190 million. So yeah, if he locks it up with Philly, you know, yeah, he's and I the think ultimate they will. winner. So. I think they will. I think they'll lock him up because, I don't think that Philly would get anybody better than him in free agency. I don't think that you're going to get Kawhi. Uh, you're not going to get KD or anybody like that or Clay Thompson. Um, no, none of those guys are leaving. Uh, there's not really anybody else. There's going to be a lot of free agents, but I think Jimmy Butler would probably be listed in the top five, six, seven names. 
for next yeah. year. And obviously, as long as his athleticism doesn't fail him, he's one of the more valuable players at, at his peak that, that you could get uh, to fit with the two stars that you have. So you can continue to build around him. And, and, and different than a lot of teams that are make a trade like this, Phillies didn't deplete their trade assets by making this trade. So they still have, like we said earlier, some, some moves to make, which uh, excites me. I'd like to see them. Excites me. I don't hope, they don't, I hope they don't just coming. settle with, like, Kyle Korver or somebody. <laughs> you know you're, you know they're going to – yeah, that's going to happen, dude. That's what's been rumored. But, but – um, but, yeah, so, I mean, we kind of fleshed out the trade. If you don't have any more thoughts on that, I just wanted to uh, chat for a, a minute or two about what happened last night, which was uh, Draymond and KD. Um, though I actually caught the end of the game, but the Warriors lost in overtime to the uh, Clippers and uh, in L.A. And, you know, just one of those midweek games. It's not a huge detrimental loss to the Warriors or whatever. It's just a loss. The Clippers have been playing well. But at the end of regulation, Draymond got a defensive rebound with like five seconds left on the clock, pushed it up the court, and KD was calling for the ball. He didn't pass it. He ends up losing the ball in transition, and the clock goes out, and they go to overtime. And they proceed to yell at each other on the bench, have to be separated. And it evidently, after the game was over, after overtime, after they lost, it continued in the locker room. So your initial reaction. <laughs> My initial reaction only further submits my idea and my theory that KD will no longer be a Golden State Warrior. Yep, same, but like, we're both aligned in that one. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely both aligned with that one. But like, this is the first. This is the first real like flare up to where like you know, I mean, no punches were thrown. No one had to be like separated. It, it didn't turn unfortunately. Physical. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, it, I mean, I think this is one of, like, the first real times that, you know, yeah. it hasn't been all happy-go-lucky in paradise, quote-unquote paradise. Right. You know, so I think that what's very telling to me, what's very telling to me is that more people were upset with Draymond than, you know, they, they, like, they, it was kind of confirmed that everybody was kind of, like, giving Draymond shit for pushing it up the floor and for kind of, being what in some people's minds would would kind of consider him being like really selfish and stuff like that you know they know at no point in time should Draymond Green be pushing the ball up the court you know in, in the first quarter let alone in you know crunch time right. so I don't know my initial yeah. thoughts were I really wanted to see them fight <laughs> with that didn't happen. oh yeah two of my least favorite players uh, maybe the top two least favorite players in the NBA nothing personal well Draymond Whatever. I just don't like them, either of them. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, we both agree that the right basketball moves to give the ball to maybe the, uh, one of the top three or four or five greatest players of all time in Kevin Durant, or greatest shooters of all time and, and, and skill sets of all time, and instead of a guy who can't hit 30% of his threes uh, pushing the ball. So, yeah, I think – but I think from KD's perspective and how this fits as the team is that Draymond is the cog in that wheel that – keeps them afloat when they most need it. KD is not yeah. an outsider anymore, but at the same time, he's not one of their core guys. And even with the fan base, not one of their core guys. So if Draymond were to basically 
have on the outs with KD, that could be the type of toxic relationship that uh, that could spoil their season or spoil his final year there. But, you know, that's going to be a, a talking point the rest of the season. No reason to hash it completely out right now. All I'm hoping no, is, yeah. in, is in the next few days we get an even greater <laughs> display of how much they're fighting. And I mean, we had Boogie yeah. holding back. Boogie was holding back Draymond. Like, yeah, that, that was where, the craziest part. Like, Boogie was holding Draymond back. Like, in what scenario is Draymond Green being held back by Boogie Cousins trying to – I mean, not trying to. I'm kind of dramatizing it. Yeah. But, like, being separated from KD. Like, I don't know. I yeah. hope this is just the tip of the iceberg. No, yeah, me too, me too. And, I mean, I can't wait for Boogie to be back. I am actually miss watching the play. Too. I, I want to see him uh, – I want to see him uh, get on the court for those guys. I mean, they're going to win the title regardless yeah. anyway. It doesn't matter. So I, I want to see a fun team that does it. Um, and uh, But anyway, that'll be an yeah. ongoing talking point. Um, let's uh, – we'll just – I mean, let's just call it – We'll wrap it up. Man. Yeah, why not? Yeah. We yeah, got we, we to we gotta keep them hang, gotta keep them hanging on until next podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm sure my, uh, my uh, superiors are wondering why I've been sitting in this conference room for the last uh, 45 <laughs> minutes. So we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll move on. We'll get this posted. You'll hear this on you know, their, uh, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, under the covers, uh, College Bets will be out on Thursday morning, I think it's set to be. So we should, should yeah. still be good there. And I will be in Memphis uh, this weekend. So it's going to be exciting. There you go. Check us out. Also, I'll be in Memphis too. Where in the world is Blake and J Mac? Both in, in Memphis. The, yeah, we'll be uh, in person podcast. But uh, anyway, uh, appreciate you jumping on, man. Yeah, man. It was good to All see right. you, man. Yeah. Peace. See ya.